new life today? Hmm? Ah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We were showing the audience instead of me. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Like I said, there's no surprises today. So you got to only see a small part. Everybody else is sitting over here. See, I'll just do that for you. Just a second. See, there's everybody wave, say hi everybody, hi. Okay, everybody got to see. And so I don't know if this is on me now or not. So, praise the Lord. Amen. I think I put it back in the right place. But I figure you're going to see part of the congregations here this morning. You should see the rest. And we're growing church. And uh, it's fun being in a new lifer. You see, when you get saved, you're supposed to be a lifer. Amen? And you get a new life. And because you get a new life, you get to spend it in eternity with Jesus Christ. And, and you know what? I can't wait for the day I can have my brand new body. Amen. Oh my word, I've gotten to an age now. I don't know if some of you guys are feeling like this today. I've gotten to an age now that I can't wait to get a new body. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> it's not like we can just go trade it in. And, and the doctors just never get it right. I mean, they can give us new knees and new hips and new this and new that. But it's just never the same as what God created, right? It, it, it's just so much um, different. Anyway, take your Bibles. Um, there we go. Take your Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 6. We've been having um, a little technical difficulty with the computers today, so... Um, but it was awesome. It was awesome. And so um, we had to go old school today. And you're going, old school? Well, for some of, the, some of the folks in church, it was new school because they've never picked up a hymn book before. And so um, that was fun. And then uh, I almost felt like I was doing the old, um, some, of the, some folks remember these days when you'd come to a Sunday night and people would just shout out, can we sing this song or that song? we just sing them. And so that's kind of how I felt this morning. Anyway, go to your Bibles and turn it to Galatians, Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at verses 14 through 16. And so we're going to be talking about glory, glory in the cross. And until from here until um, Easter, Resurrection Day, I'm going to be taking us on a trip to the cross. We're, we need to start. The church doesn't preach the cross like it should anymore. The church has gotten away from preaching the blood of Jesus. You know, we should be pleading the blood of Jesus over our children. You know, it's the blood of Jesus that washed us clean. It's the blood of Jesus that seals us unto the day of redemption. It's the blood of Jesus that, that heals us. And so why wouldn't we plead the blood of Jesus to protect our children? Amen? We go on trips. We'll take a trip, and we'll get in the car, and as we're starting, before we even get out to the four corners in Breckenridge, we, uh, we're praying. And we're asking the Lord to cover us with his blood for our trip. 
We ask the Lord to put a hedge of protection around us for our trip. We ask him to send his angels because, you know, each one of us has a guardian angel. So um, we ask the Lord to send his angels before, behind, and around our car. And when I had all the kids at home, all five of them, man, that's a lot of angels, you know. And, and, and then I'd ask the Lord, keep the tires good. You know, who wants to be dealing with tires when you're traveling, right? Keep the engine running good. I mean, the Lord has protected us. We were going on, we were going to camp meeting one year, heading to Minot. We're on Highway US 2, heading out to Minot, and all of a sudden, a trucker, his tire blew. And we had all this stuff flying at us. You know, not one piece of that, that tire hit us. It was like they bounced all around us, but then hit our car. And we're, going, and we're driving in our little Pontiac Vibe going out to camp meeting that year. And it just was amazing. I had to swerve a little bit, but God protected us and kept us. And so we added to our prayer, and Lord, keep us safe from the other drivers. Amen? I mean, I, can, I have to, to deal with myself driving, but Lord, you deal with the other drivers because some of them, my word, I wouldn't want to be in the car with them. Amen? And so we need to start looking at the cross. We need to understand that Jesus did everything we needed for us at the cross. You know, the problem with us today is that we try to do everything in our own strength, in our own power, and in our own way. We rely on so many things. We rely on doctors. We rely on psychologists. We will run to the psychologists to t try to get them to tell us what's wrong with us when all we need to do is open up the Word of God and He'll tell us what's wrong with us. Come on. We, we rely on psychiatry. We rely on everything before Jesus. But Jesus carried all of our problems on the cross. Think about this. He carried all of our sickness. He carried all of our pain. Now, when you're talking about sickness, that's everything. That's mind, body, and soul. Everything. And he carried it on the cross for us. Now, there's nothing wrong that if you... If you need to go to the doctor and you've got a heart problem, you've got to take heart medication, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're a diabetic and you need to take your diabetic medication, anything that you need that, uh, because we live in a sinful world, that's why we get sick, right? That's why we have problems, right? We live in a sinful world. That's why, that's why when we were born into this world, we were born into sin, as David said. And that's why we needed a Redeemer. Jesus came and saved us. But what most of us don't understand, because it's not preached anymore. My word, our, our Pentecostal um, um, forefathers would be shocked that we don't rely on the Lord more than we do today. They relied on the Lord for everything. Because most Pentecostals were poor. They couldn't afford to see the doctor, you know? Of course, back then, um, back when Pentecostals, um, the modern day Pentecost started, you could, you could see the doctor by giving him a chicken. You know, th those were the days where you could pay him off with a pig, you know, and, and uh, today, no, you, you couldn't do that today, you know, because they all have to work for a big hospital or something, and uh, money is more important than stock. But back then, you could do that. But they relied on Jesus. Because Jesus, when he died on the cross, he said something very interesting before he died. Did he not? He looked, uh, besides saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do, that means he was saying, Father, forgive you and me, because we didn't know what we were doing when we were lost in sin, and he was dying for us so that we could be saved. All we have to do is put our trust in him. Now, now he said something very interesting from the cross. He said, it 
is finished. We don't realize how powerful those words were from the cross because we, we try to do our own sanctification in our own power. Jesus' work at the cross sanctified us. Not us keeping a bunch of, whole bunch of rules and regulations. You know, keeping rules and regulations to be sanctified is just a whole mess. But when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you know what happens? He makes you whole. And that's what sanctification is all about, is making you a whole person in him. Can you say amen? You're, hey, if you're liking this at home, will you hit the heart button? Would you hit the thumbs up button? If I say something funny, even hit the funny button. If, you, I, if I say something that wows you, hit the wow button. Come on, just let me know you're there. You know, and uh, um, respond somehow. Because I want to make sure I'm, I'm getting through to you. Is this making sense? Just put the thumbs up to you um, on your device there. You know, some of you can do that even at YouTube, I guess. And so, um, at least give me a thumbs up so that we know that, you know, I'm getting through to you. Or you're agreeing. Folks here like to say, Amen! But you can't say, you can say Amen at home, but nobody hears you. So, you push that little button, okay? But he said, it is finished. Come on. What does that mean? That means everything he carried for you on the cross, it is finished. All your sin, all your sickness, all your disease, all your problems, all your griefs, everything he carried on the cross for you, and he said, it is finished. And you go, but pastor, I'm right in the middle of it right now. He said, it is finished. Give it to him. Trust him with it. He knows the beginning of your life. He knows the ending of your life. He knows the story of your life. Oh, but pastor, it says I should work out my salvation in fear and trembling. That's talking about trusting in him. In fear, meaning you honor him first. And then the trembling part is that you don't want to get on. You, you, you love the Lord so much, you want to please him. Come on. But he said it is finished. If we would just trust him and say, Lord, you said it's finished. But he knows when your answer is coming. Some things he lets you go through. Because he's growing you in Christ. Think about that. Some of the things we go through, why do we go through trials? So that we can learn patience. That's why you don't pray for patience, because you say, Lord, I'm not a very patient person. Lord, will you teach me how to be patient? You know what you get? You get trials. Because according to the Word of God, trials teaches you how to be what? Patient. But you know what patience teaches you? Gives, yields you character. So he's going to use those things. He's going to use those trials that come in your life. Now you might be in the middle of your trial. And you've been saying, but, but pastor, I've been in this trial for 30 years now. Yep, but Jesus has his handle and he said, it is what? Finished. My grandma, she, she was an awesome lady. Read the Bible through every year. Um, she lived next door to me and um, loved her, loved her. But even towards the end of her death, I was saying, Lord, would you just take her home? Because she's been suffering with this cancer so much. You know what? We were praying that the Lord would heal her. But he didn't choose to heal her today because he was using her. He was using her to talk to our pastor. 
He said he learned more from her than the, all the years he had in Bible school because how she endured and faced the trial she was going through. And he was, and he was somebody that we loved, that our pastor. And he learned from her. But you know what? He said it is, you know, she'd wake up every day and talk to that cancer and say, you're not going to get me today. I'm going to rise above you. I'm going to have a good day in my Lord and Savior. And she would. And I'd come over to visit her thinking I'm coming over there to cheer her up. And she'd sit there and she'd tell me. You know, and I listened to every word she had to say because it was grandma. Right? You know how that is. And so, but you know when she, it finally, she got her end of her trial? When she last closed her eyes and she woke up in heaven. She was completely healed. And it was finished. See, her, her faith in Jesus wasn't dependent upon what he would do for her here. Her faith was in Jesus because of what he did for her 2,000 years ago for the, on the cross and that her hope was in him and that one day she'd be in heaven and she would be completely healed and whole. Amen? Come on. If you love that, say, hit that love button. Come on. It's a, it's a wow moment. Hit that wow moment. Come on. We, we need to respond to the Word of God. Well, you haven't read it to us yet. Well, I'm going to do it right now because I'll, let me tell you something. I said all this in my introduction because my boasting can only be in the cross. Can you say amen? That's why I'm talking about it so much today. I've got to boast about it. Galatians 6.14 says, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. How can I glory? How can I boast in anything else? It was Jesus who saved me. It was Jesus who saved you. I can't help it. I have to brag about my Savior. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Boy, is that a loaded scripture. That's talking about how we should just live because we've been crucified with Christ. And yet we're still alive. Isn't that you know, he did the hard work. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. He said, take, all he said was, take up your cross and follow me. Did we have to be nailed to it? No, Jesus was nailed to the cross for you and for me. But because we gave our hearts to Jesus, we have been spiritually crucified with Christ on that cross. And he died in our place so we didn't, so we can have eternal life. Let's trust him. Let's believe in him. Let's know that we're overcomers in him. And by the way, um, there's seven ways that the Bible teaches that you, and I'll preach on this one of these days, seven ways, I've mentioned it before, that you can be an overcomer in Christ. One, though, is by the blood and your testimony. By the blood and your testimony. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew, for the Jew first, and also for the Greek. That means all of us. We're the Greek. Everybody who wasn't a Jew, we're the Greek. 
Some Bibles translate it into the Gentiles. So if you're not a Jew, you're a Greek. Because we go by, you know, this and that and the other thing, and we just aren't Jews. You know, uh, Jews are God's people, but because we're born again, we're God's people. We got grafted into Abraham's family. Isn't that cool? Yeah, you're Abraham's family too. So when you get to heaven, you'll get to see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, and you'll be going, oh, this is so cool. I'm staying here for 10,000 years. And one day you'll be walking down those streets of gold, and you're going to run into Abraham. And you'll just look, hey, Father Abraham, how you doing? You know, isn't that going to be cool? That's going to be cool. That's going to be awesome. We're gonna, and, and we're going to see King David. And we're going to get to meet Paul, the apostle. Oh, man, isn't that, boy, he'll give us an earful. You know? And we'll, we'll even get to meet that big old fisherman, Peter. And uh, what a day that's going to be. But the one that we're going to, and we're going to see all of our loved ones who are in heaven. But the thing that we're going to be most glory in is we get to see the Lamb of God. The one who took away the sins of the world. The only one who was worthy to open up the seals there in heaven. The one who owns the deed to the earth. Because he was only one found worthy because he died on the cross for you and me. And one day sin will be abolished. No one will sin anymore. And oh, hallelujah. And don't think you're just going to sit around on clouds up there. We've all got a job to do. I don't know what your job is going to be, but we're all going to have it. Hey, when he created the world, Adam and Eve had a job, didn't they? They were told to take care of the garden. Work is just part of what, how God made us. We get bored without work. What's the old saying? Idle hands are the devil's playground, right? And so we're all going to get something to do while we're in glory with Jesus. Heaven's not, heaven's not, eternity's not a boring time or a boring place. And we're not just going to be bored. We're going to have lots of fun and because we're made in the image of god oh hallelujah we're still going to have our creativity amen some of us are create creative with engines others are creative with paints some of us are creative with food but some of us are creative with numbers my son loves numbers some of us are creative in so many in, in computer stuff you know but we're all creative why because we're made all of us all the men and all the women, all the boys, all the girls, we're all made in the image of God. And what, is, what, what does God love to do? Create. That's why he puts that in you, to be able, to, that you enjoy to draw, that you enjoy doing things, that you enjoy planting a garden. That's why you do those things, because you love to create. It's in you. It's part of you. And we all, like I said, we all have different ways. Some of us can just take apart an engine and put it back together. I take it apart and not know where to start. <laughs> My brother can take it apart and put it together blindfolded. I didn't get that gift. 1 Corinthians 2, 2 says, For I determined not to know anything among you except what? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I just wanted to see if the font was big enough. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, if you were here in person, um, here at New Life today, we're at 1021 South Center Street. If I have never mentioned that to you before, um, <laughs> I'll do it for you now. Uh, we're at 1021 South Center Street in Wapiti, North Dakota. I put all the scriptures up on the screen, and we just got our brand new screen 
and it is awesome. You see, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you feel part of the church today. And there's our new screen up there. Anyway, get this back down here and let the, let the camera person take care of it. <laughs> you feel a little wobbly there at home? <laughs> Earthquake. But I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and that's still how I feel about it. Because the power of God is because of what Jesus did for us. Nothing outside of Christ means anything. Galatians 6, 15 says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumstance... For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Outside of Christ means nothing. It really does. My word, there's going to be three types of... Let's see if I got this right. There's going to be several types of people in hell. There's going to be the sinner, the vile sinner. You know, the murderers, the Hitlers, the Mussolinis, you know, the, um, you know those guys, they're going to be in hell. The murderers and all those bad guys, right? But here's the one you're going to, so the bad people are going to be there. The sad thing is there's going to be good people there. They're going to be people who, who uh, um, went ahead and thought they could just be good enough. No, no, you can't be good enough to get into heaven. All sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible says. And all sin is like filthy rags. They're all equal in the eyes of God. The Bible promises once we die, there's the judgment. And so there's only, we, we, we can't be good enough to get into heaven. We must accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He's the only thing that can wash away. Believing in Him is, and, and accepting Him into our hearts is the only thing that can wash away all of our sins and make us acceptable in heaven. To get our name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The third type of person that's going to be in hell is going to be the religious people. Thinking that because they were so religious, that, that's how they're going to get into heaven. Because they were so religious, they, they fulfilled all these religious things. They did everything they were supposed to do because of religion. That's not going to get you to heaven. The only thing, it's a, it has to be a heart relationship. You must be born again, the Bible says. It, that's why any, nothing outside of Christ means anything. Because there's no other way to come to Jesus. Because we owe Jesus everything. It, what matters is being a new creation. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Because we're all, when we die, we have to go to the, we're all going to stand before Christ as judge. If our name's not written in the book of life, we don't get to go into heaven. Now there's, I, I don't have time to talk about it, but there's, a, there's, the, there's two different types of um, judgments. One's for the Christians, and it's reward time. The other one is for those who don't believe. And so um, that's the great white throne judgment. You know, you know it's interesting. I was reading, I was reading um, Dr. Culpepper's notes on Revelation, and he talks about people have this idea at the great white throne judgment, we're all going to, the people are going to be standing in line coming before Jesus one at a time. He says, that's a misnomer. 
Everybody's going to be standing there all at once, being judged by Jesus. But everyone's going to have a one-on-one time with Jesus. Just like we Christians will have a one-on-one time with Jesus when he gives us our rewards. But he, they're going to have a one, but they're all going to go at once. And you say, how can he do that? Well, how can he answer all of our prayers when we all pray to him at one time? He's Jesus. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. He's, he wrote the laws that hold the universe together. He knows how the science works. He, he's the one who created math. That, yes, and that includes algebra. He created math. That's why math can't lie. Of course, today they're saying that math is now racist. How in the world can math be racist? How can 2 plus 2 that equals 4 be racist? That's, a, that's the weirdest thing. I, I was listening to a mathematician from Vanderbilt University, and she says, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm paraphrasing her now, because 2.5 plus 2.5 is never 9. Right? It's, it's 45. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Bodie's going to look at me like, uh-uh. <laughs> Math is not racist. It cannot lie. That's why we rely on it so much. That's why you're, you know, you don't want somebody who doesn't know math building your car for you because it fall apart. You don't want somebody who doesn't know math building a bridge for you because it's going to collapse. You don't want somebody who designed this building who doesn't know math because is that roof going to stay up there? You know? Math doesn't lie. It's, a, it's one thing that does not lie and it's always constant. And you know what? If kids learn their, how to read and how to do math, they can do anything in their life. It's true. Because if you know how to read, you can read about how to learn how, learn how to do anything. And if you know math, nothing's going to keep, keep you back. And as I told Bodie, I said, if you know your math, nobody's going to steal your money from you. Well, it's true. It's true. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Are you ready for a fresh start in your life? Jesus died on the cross so that you could have a new life in him. Can all you new lifers say amen? Amen. Amen. That, that's a, jo, Joanne, uh, she was on our staff for years, and she came to visit us today with her son, and so... Um, she's never heard me call everybody new lifers before. She's still a lifer. How is she a lifer? Because she knows Jesus as her Lord and Savior. <laughs> Amen? We got we to gotta start seeing ourselves as that. Man. And when we've done all, stand. Peace be upon you for following this rule. Galatians 6.16 says, And as many as walk according to this rule, Peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. Oh, praise the Lord. Jesus said, you must be born again. John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Accepting Jesus as your Savior is the only way to have peace in your life. And then Revelation 21.5. Then he who sat on the throne, this is Jesus, said, Behold, I will make all things new. Oh, glory to God. 
And he said to me, Write, write, for these words are true and faithful. Are you ready to live for your Lord? Are you ready to live for the Lord? Then glory in the cross. Do all your boasting in him who died for you because he's the one who saved you. He's the only one who can fix what's wrong with you. Amen? Hallelujah. I mean, isn't it time to start taking ourselves to the mechanic who put us together in the first place? Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you and praise you for this service right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for touching us. Thank you for opening your word to us. Lord, we just want to boast in you today because, Lord, you are our Savior. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be saved. And for those of you who are watching on your devices, if you haven't asked Jesus in your heart, go ahead and ask him right now. Why don't you all repeat this prayer with me to help those at home? Just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you died for me and that your blood washed me clean. And I believe, Jesus, you're alive. You rose again in victory. And one day, you're going to take me home. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. If you said that prayer with me, welcome to the family of God. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's believing in the one that you just prayed to. So we're glad that you're saved. Hey, if you ask Jesus into your heart, which button should they push? So that we, we know which one that they should push. I can't. Oh, why don't you do the one with the heart? I know that's supposed to be sending caring. But if you ask Jesus in your heart, push that caring heart button right now. Because I want to be, I, I just want to glory in the Lord for you that you got saved today. That's all you need to do. Just push that button right there and we're going to be praising God for you today. Amen. We love you. We're so glad you could join us. This is New Life. I'm Pastor David Kufal. You can join us again this Thursday at 6.30. Better yet, if you live in the Breckenridge, Minnesota or Wapiton, North Dakota um, area, come join us live at 6 o'clock on uh, Thursday night at 1021 South Center Street. Otherwise, we'll see you Thursday and we'll see you again next Sunday. God bless. See you next time.